The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. Welcome to the Green Over Everything podcast. My name is Brown. In the studio with me. I usually talk to him on the phone when we do this, but I got him in the studio with me this week. Mike Jones. What's going on, Mike? Good. How are you? Let me turn your mic up. Let me ask you that. <laughs> Let me ask you that one more time. Mike Jones, how are you doing? Uh man, I'm good. I'm good. All right. We're inside. If you look outside, if you go outside the door, you look up, you'll see that the sky is falling. That's where a lot of Eagles fans are this week after that game against the Dallas Cowboys. Do you agree? Is the sky falling? Where Where are you? I want you, uh, before you get into your analytical, before you put that analytical hat on that, that fits you so well, I would like you to indulge me in some fan-ish real quick. You expected you predicted, I shouldn't say expected, you predicted that the uh, Cowboys would win on Sunday. Mm-hmm, I did. But not something at, I'm proud yeah, of. Not something you're proud of, nor should you be. Nor should you be. But I do try to be objective. I understand. I, and, and I respect that. Sometimes I hate it, but I respect it. Nonetheless, where were you? Game got ugly real quick. Turn the ball over on their first possession. Dallas scores. Turn the ball over on the second possession. Dallas scores. Not even six minutes into the first quarter, you're down two touchdowns. Well, I don't know if it was anywhere that long. Okay, not even half. Not even in. Not even in a single digits of the first it, quarter. It might have been six minutes real time. Yeah. Not not game time. Might have been six minutes real time into the game. We were down two touchdowns. So where were you? Well, I mean, talk. Where were you mentally as far as this game was? Because it, 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 honestly, I'm not even sure if I could say 14 nothing is game over. Mm-hmm. This team is not built to come back like that. You don't have the defense to shut a team down, and you don't have the explosive offense to put up points that quick, especially not with Deshaun Jackson out and the, the depleted, the severely depleted defense you have both up front and in the back end of the defense. You're severely depleted. So you combine that depleted defense with a less than explosive offense, 14 nothings, game over. You've heard me say this before. I don't bet Eagles games. I don't bet Sixers games. I I won't do it. Understood. Because those teams, I tend to want to make emotional picks. Mm -hmm. And even in picking the Cowboys to win that game, the score I called was largely based on my love for the Eagles. Okay. I know our secondary cannot cover anyone. The Philadelphia Eagles secondary, Ohio State and LSU probably have better cornerback play right now. Mm. And it That's the best I can say. Because yeah. you've, you've literally got practice squad guys, guys you've mm-hmm. never heard of. In the Craig James played over a second round pick this past Sunday. Do you know where Craig James went to school? No. Do you know when Craig J- James joined the NFL? No. 
Do you know anything about Craig James? I don't know a darn thing about Craig James. I, other than the fact that he was on the field and Sidney Jones was on the bench. That's what I know. And, and that is my point. Yes. The Eagles are missing Craven LeBlanc. Craven LeBlanc was a guy nobody ever heard of before week 12 last year. So, when you look at the Eagles secondary objectively, and then you look at the Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb didn't play mm-hmm. that game, did he? Uh, he no, he played, he played but, but spread, it, yeah, sporadically. He was, yeah. But that being said, regardless whether or not he played, the Eagles do not have the speed to get to keep up with any of those run receivers. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, the pass rush with the multitude, like it's a, a litany of injuries along the defensive line, mm-hmm. the pass rush has been decimated, and then you don't have the help on the back back end. So usually you either have the pass rush getting there to make the cor- the secondary better, mm-hmm. or you have a secondary that can cover very well to give the D-line more time to get home with the pass rush. The Eagles are doing neither. neither. No. And additionally, since week one with the Deshaun Jackson on the sidelines, there's no speed on the offense either. The Eagles, like, the Eagles have no speed, period. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work in the NFL. No. You have you, somebody has to be able to get downfield, get separation, get open on the offensive end. And on the defensive end, if you can't keep up with the receivers, I don't care how good your technique is. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I mean that. If you cannot – if I can go on a straight line mm-hmm. and I know you can't keep up with me, I don't have to give you any other moves. I'm just going to run on by you. Line, yeah. Now you have to bring help, which is opening up other parts of the field for other guys. And the other guys aren't fast enough to keep up either. So, the e- mm-hmm. Eagles defense needs help. Eagles defense. They need help bad. The Call e- the cavalry, bring in the reserves, do something. Howie, Howie Roseman, the pressure is on you right now because I, we want to bet. We want to get get on Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. We want to get on Jim Schwartz, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson yeah. But all of these guys are having to work with subpar skill skill mm-hmm. positions less than NFL speed and you're asking them to play at the level of a Super Bowl contender? I want to throw a couple phrases out at you. Let's go back to the beginning of the Eagles season. A lot, lot of expectations. A lot of people thought that this team was going to win the division. This was going to be one of the top teams in the NFC. And there were there there was a phrase that people used, a two-word phrase that people used to describe this Eagles team. What was that? On paper. <laughs> now let's no, 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 no. I, I want to stop you cuz we have to be fair. Mm-hmm. Eagles if healthy, mm-hmm. are a completely different team yep. than what we're seeing yep. right now. Then throw, it, throw that on, throw it, that one in the list because on paper and if healthy, okay. No, because at the beginning of the season, if healthy wasn't an issue, mm-hmm. they were healthy beginning of the season. Yeah, but what wasn't it? But what what was an issue at the beginning of the season was the age of this team. They are older roster. They're an older roster, one of the oldest rosters in in the league, I, I believe. And I don't have the list in front of me. I believe they're third oldest in the league. But 
you're you were right. At the beginning of the season, health wasn't health an issue. wasn't the concern. But when you're a team this old, you know that health is going to play a factor at some point in time. Unfortunately, it started to play uh, a role. I see. Now, it started now, to play a role week two. Now, now, see, I think you're being a little too hard on them with that, because and I say that for injuries happen to every team yes. in the NFL, regardless Correct. regardless of Correct. age. The problem the Eagles are having mm-hmm. is that. For some reason, their injuries seem to be mounting up at the same position. Mm-hmm. But that's where, been the, where it you, seems like that's been the issue for the Eagles now for the, a couple the last of years. Two years. Last the, two the, years. The Super they, Bowl year, mm-hmm. there were multiple injuries. There was a multitude of injuries. Mm-hmm. But one was quarterback, one was corner, one was an O-lineman. It, so you could spread it around. Like the, the injuries were spread around during the Super Bowl year. Yeah. The following year, and then this year, multiple, oh, yeah. you're missing multiple linebackers, multiple corners, multiple D linemen. Mm-hmm. Just like last year, so, you're missing multiple DBs, multiple mm-hmm. running backs. Exactly. Multiple, you know, and and so so positions that you think you should have depth, that depth complete. Because DB at the beginning of the year, we were talking about how deep the de- cornerback room was. Not necessarily mm-hmm. that they were the greatest, but, but they that were they deep. were deep. Mm-hmm. The defensive line rotation, we were talking about how. Deep they were, but now you look at those same rooms now. Malik Jackson gone. Timmy Jernigan's missed mm-hmm. significant amount of games. Akeem Spence just got cut. Mm-hmm. Then in the secondary, Darby's missed significant time. Jalen Mills just played his first game. Avante Maddox has been out. Um, Cravon LeBlanc's mm-hmm. been out. That's those are basically your four of your top five corners, excluding Rasul Douglas. All missing significant time. Sidney mm-hmm. Jones has missed time with the hamstring this year, so we're look like in the secondary. We're looking at what six, seven injuries and three significant ones on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to d- try to overcome. Mm-hmm. You, you can't. F- you're not going to find five cornerbacks that can play mm-hmm. after training camp. And you've had five secondary guys all miss time. So, from that standpoint, yeah, they probably could have tried to be a little younger. But they did try to build depth at these positions. Yeah, they did. I mean, they got – I think the guy – a lot of the guys that they have going into this season are depth guys. But they're depth guys who have now been thrusted into the situation where they now have to be the guy. We talked about, you know, I talked about, kind of, uh, you know, phrases and cliches that you use. Mm-hmm. Talked about on paper what this team would be like. If healthy, what this team would be like. Here's another phrase. When I talk, when I look at those DBs, there's a phrase. Who in the hell is, <laughs> add DB's name here. You just talked about uh, who started at cornerback uh, on Sunday. Craig James. Mm-hmm. Who in the hell is Craig James? Who in the hell is Cravion LeBlanc? Who are these? You know, and it's not. And I don't mean this to belittle these guys, because they're NFL players. They're professionals. They're paid handsomely to do a job. You know, I I don't mean I, I'm not trying to belittle them. However, it just shines a light on what the situation is, just how depleted they are. I look at the Eagles and I'm trying to think of the last two great 
two good cornerbacks that they drafted. They've been able to pick up a couple over free agents. Asante Samuel probably being the best one that they've had in the last 10 to 15 years. Sounds about right. But- I don't believe that the Eagles have drafted a good two good cornerbacks or a good cornerback. They haven't drafted a good cornerback probably since the NFL was wearing Reebok jerseys. Well, well let's see. Well, question the first the first question you have to ask about that is mm-hmm. exactly how much do they value the position? You ask that question because you have to look because you're looking at where they've drafted the position. Mm-hmm. Now, absolutely, they've missed on some picks. Yeah. There have been places where guys have been drafted after players they took. Mm-hmm. And ended up being better than the guy they took. You know, Josh Norman, Richard Sherman, none of these guys were first round picks. Mm-hmm. But they ended up being so, but it's not just the Eagles that missed on those yeah. guys. Yeah. Multiple teams missed mm-hmm. on those guys. So drafting and evaluating is not a perfect science. But okay. at the same time, if you look at the Eagles' hit, the track record, In recent memory, they haven't invested a first-round pick in a DB. Mm-hmm. Sidney Jones was a second-round pick with quote-unquote first-round first talent, and he also had what 10 years ago might have been a career-ending injury. Mm-hmm. The Achilles 10, 15 years ago, guys might have never played again. Mm-hmm. So that was a risk as well. Then you're looking at guys like – Eric Rowe, Brandon Boykin, um, decent players. I wouldn't call either of those two a bum, Eric Rowe or Brandon Boykin, but neither one of them is a number one corner. Mm-hmm. They're not shut down guys. I mean, let's 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 be honest. Let's talk. Let's talk like Eagles now. Sheldon Brown and Lito Shepard, probably the last two. Great Eagles cornerbacks. Can I say something unpopular? Go ahead. They might be overrated as a duo. You think so? They were good. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. They were good. Mm-hmm. But in that Jim Johnson defensive scheme, mm-hmm. where the pressure more often than not was getting to the quarterback, what we were just talking about this. Mm-hmm. If the pressure gets home, okay. it makes your secondary better. So let me ask you this. Lito and Sheldon. We're good. Well, no, no, no. Lito and Sheldon. Were Lito and Sheldon better than Taylor and Vincent? This is a straight Eagles fan question for you. As an Eagles fan. No. No, they weren't. Okay. Okay. And none of them were better than Eric Allen. Oh, of course. I mean. That goes without saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. Of course. You want to talk great Eagles corners, we, the list starts there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. But all five of the guys we've just named, mm-hmm. Lito, and she- Lito Shepard, Sheldon Brown, Bobby Taylor, Troy Vincent, Eric Allen, all better than anybody that's in the Eagles secondary mm-hmm. right now, including Malcolm Jenkins. Okay. Who has not played to the standard he set for himself over the last couple years Mm -hmm. to this point this season he's 
I don't know. I don't want to say he's done or disengaged or anything like that, but he has not looked himself. Has not looked himself in a summer where money came up. Mm-hmm. Money was an issue. He won a new contract, but mm-hmm. he didn't make it a huge no, issue. I mean, he, he didn't, didn't yeah, hold yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't he was, making a stake. Not, not a but distraction, it's known, but it's but known it he wants. Yeah. It's known. It's getting to the yeah. near near the end of his deal, yeah. and that's something that's going to happen with any player. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a distraction, and it, and, he, and, and he that's did, my point. Yeah. As long as it's not a distraction, I, like I'm not, I'm not worried about his money. I, it's not about Malcolm Jenkins making it a and a problem, but he did make it an issue. He, it came up. I'll, I'll put it like the topic came up. It has to come up. Yeah, okay. I'm not worried about the topic coming up. Well, the, the, the thing is, okay, you know he wanted – he he's looking to have his deal reworked. Uh, yeah, but that's business. That's not okay. that's not something that I'm yeah, worried it's, about. Yeah, it's – Hold no, on, no, okay. let, me, let, me, let me explain why. Mm-hmm. For Malcolm Jenkins, he shows up to camp. Mm-hmm. He's there on time. He doesn't miss any activities. He – He's not the guy showing up to training camp in a bricks truck talking about pay me. No. He's a guy who's been on his deal for a few years, mm-hmm. knows he's getting – Wants to be treated fairly. Knows he's getting older, knows mm-hmm. he's getting towards the end of his contract, knows he has a limited window to get paid. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, this offseason, you saw safeties getting salaries that they had typically had not gotten mm-hmm. over – the past several years there was a return to people valuing that safety position some Mm -hmm. so for Malcolm it was the the collision of a couple events it was a couple things all coming together at at the same time Mm -hmm. which made it a good time for him to say hey guys don't forget we're gonna have to look at my contract soon Mm -hmm. I so, don't. That, so you. So what? what that so doesn't the, bother me. So the question that I then I. So let me pivot off that question then. So it does not stick out to you that. That was, that got brought up, but his, his contributions, his performance has been lacking this season. No, because in a contract year, a guy who wants to get play, get paid, mm-hmm. he's extra motivated to perform. Okay. The, this is in the NFL where guys' contracts are rarely guaranteed and a team can get rid of you, mm-hmm. if you want to get paid, you have more motivation to perform if you're on the field, not less. Okay. If you're on the field and you're playing substand- subpar football, mm-hmm. they will use every snap you play like that against you in yeah. negotiations. Mm-hmm. You're be- so if that's, his, if that's his concern, he's better off holding out. No, what I'm saying is it's not about him holding out, but what I'm saying is he said, hey, man, don't forget me. I see these safeties are out here getting money. I'm at the end. I'm coming to the end of my deal, coming to the end of my my career. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, don't forget about me. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, look out for me. But then when it comes time for his play on the field, his play is kind of lacking. And that and that's what I'm saying. That is not football player logic. Mm-hmm. And not because football player logic is my career can end on any play. Okay, I have to maximize my opportunity yeah. to get paid. I understand. So if so, so if I'm looking for a contract, I'm talking. If I'm mentioning my money, mm-hmm. I'm doing everything I can on the field to prove I'm worth my money. Okay. So when I if I see Malcolm Jenkins not looking like himself or Malcolm Jenkins of old, I don't think it's because of money. Well, what I'm saying, I don't, I don't think I, money has the, anything the point, to do with it. But, but what I'm saying, I think, uh, I, I think you're you're uh, you're missing my point. I'm not saying is Malcolm Jenkins distracted by money. 
But what I'm saying is Malcolm Jenkins looked out for Malcolm Jenkins made it known that he would like his deal reworked. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the business. Yeah. I don't I don't begrudge him that. However, he said, hey, look out for me. But he's not performing on the field. What I'm now saying is now as the Eagles, what does that how does that look to you? Are you saying are you saying, hey, man, might be time to to move on from Malcolm Jenkins? We're only halfway through the year. Who knows? Okay. Okay. That that's why they don't do the deal early. Understood. He's un, you have a player under contract, and mm-hmm. you, as an organization, you have no incentive to do that deal early, mm-hmm. especially on an aging player who you need to reevaluate. Okay. So, from the Eagles' perspective, it's simple. It's more of a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't do the deal yet. We'll look at the season. We'll, mm-hmm. Like I said, we'll look at every snap, the good ones and the bad ones, mm-hmm. and every bad one. That's taking a couple dollars on, a couple zeros, a couple dollars off that check. Mm-hmm. And the good ones, that's going to be Malcolm's ne- negotiating leverage to try to keep as much money in that next deal he gets as he can. Okay. Whether or not it's in Philadelphia. And that, honestly, is something that remains to see, and in my opinion, probably unlikely. Okay. Because of the salary cap ramifications. A lot of people in, a lot of people in Philly are ready to jump ship. A lot of people on the on the bridge. A lot of people saying, "Hey, because you, you look, you know how this stuff goes. You know how this works nowadays. It works in every every bit of every angle of sports. We talk about the sweeping indictments. Everybody wants to make that that huge declaration. Here it is, not even halfway through the season. We're at week what week seven, going into week eight now." Week eight team is three and four, just lost to the Dallas Cowboys, and the sky is falling in Philly. There are pl- there are people th- just looking up and seeing that the sky is falling. I know, how, <laughs> you know, you you've made these comments about certain fans. Mm-hmm. How much do you put anything into that? Or you, you, you know, these guys, or is it just, hey man, if you jump in ship, you an idiot. How much trouble are, is this team in? We'll put it, we'll put it that way. Here's a more, here's a better way of of uh, uh, asking the question. How much no, trouble no, no, is this see, team I, in? I, I want to answer your first question. Okay, well, answer them both, man. I, I, I do want to answer your first question. Okay. You asked about fans jumping ship. Mm-hmm. How can I say this tactfully? You don't got to. It's your show. But but sports fans are the reason we have a show. Yeah, that is true. Athletes don't listen to well, I shouldn't say they don't listen to talk radio, but they they're, don't they're, they're, not, they're not the target audience. Okay. I won't say none of them listen to us, but they're not the target audience. Okay. You know? Fans are the target audience. Yes. So I don't want to offend fans. Okay. The word fan mm-hmm. is short for fanatic. Yes, it is. The word fanatic carries with it a certain connotation of irrationality. And that is well-deserved. Fans typically are irrational when it comes to their teams. How many, How many years have you looked at a 
Cowboys team that wasn't that good and you heard a Cowboys fan say, we're going to the Super Bowl. Mm. How many times have you heard a Kyrie Irving fan argue about how he's about to take over the league and do this, that, and the other? And won't hear anything otherwise. You know plenty of people who will insist that because of his heart and effort and stats, Russell Westbrook's the best point guard in the league. Okay, yeah. Fans are irrational. They don't necessarily objectively consider all the data. So for, so for me to hear that fans are jumping shit, your team just lost, what, three, two games in a row? Mm-hmm. Badly? Like, badly. You looked terrible in the process. Didn't look like you could cut, your defense could stop anybody. Mm-hmm. And your offense doesn't look like it can keep up with anybody. Your running game is inconsistent. Your receivers don't get open. So based on the emotional part of it, fans jumping ship is expected. This is the point in the year where the emotional fans – Start to check out. Those two tough losses. If you're just if you're a true fan, one of two things is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's either you have that irrational belief in your team that no matter what happens, oh, it's all right. We're going to win next week. We'll win next week. We'll we'll win ten in a row. And we'll, mm-hmm. there, you know, there's that irrational fan every of year course. predicts sixteen and zero. Okay, and, of course. Or why are you looking at me like that when you talk about the irrational fan that predicts sixteen and zero every year? Why are you looking at me like that? Or um, <laughs> there's the other option, which is the fan who sees those two bad losses in a row and it's, oh, we stink. The season's over. It's all doom and gloom, and I'm go ahead and check out now. Mm-hmm. Where reality is probably somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. But realistically, as constructed right now, this Eagles team doesn't look good. And the biggest part of their issues is on the defensive side of the mm-hmm. ball. Said the Eagles it, said the Eagles don't look good right now. No. My question to you is what in your opinion, when you look at what doesn't look good, and we're talking about Pass rush getting to the quarterback because they're depleted on uh, on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. They're depleted in the linebacking core right now. They're depleted in the DBs. Mm-hmm. But the question, I guess, my question is: even can they get healthy? And if they get healthy, how much of a difference will it make? Like, how much of these issues? How much of this can be fixed? If, Th- this year, all right. If the Eagles had started the season with the roster that they're putting on the field right now, mm-hmm. they're a six-win team. That's probably what I'm predicting. Okay. I think I would call them a yeah six-win team, and I think six wins is being generous. Mm-hmm. Part. Partly six wins because you're playing the AFC East this year. The other part is because you have the Washington Gi- Washington Redskins and the New York Giants in your division. With all of that said, 
I'll get you six wins. Mm-hmm. If your D-line is fully intact, a healthy Eagles secondary might be good enough to get the job done. Mm -hmm. That's with Malik Jackson. That's with Tim Jernigan. Jernigan. That's with Fletcher Cox and Derek Barnett, all these guys at full strength and productive. Without that, even if the secondary is at full strength, they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. At full strength, the secondary is the secondary that needs the pass rush to get home to help them out. Mm-hmm. As is, there is no pass rush that can help them out. They're just bad. A good quarterback on these corners, oh, you're 12 yards back? Quick mm-hmm. slant, quick out. Mm-hmm. Oh, you came all the way up? Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing it over your head. These guys don't have the physical tools to cover. So it's one thing to help, try to help out guys that have some deficiencies. But when you have a secondary full of guys that are – you're when you're throwing a third or fourth corner out there as your number one and then have the rest of the secondary littered with fourth and fifth corners, mm-hmm. that's not going to get it done. No. No chance that's going to get it done. No. And that's regardless of who you have on the D-line with your pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So, if assuming Mills and Darby, Sidney Jones, all these guys are healthy for the remainder of the season, they still get exposed. Still get exposed. It, it will be a little bit better. A healthy Ronald Darby has the speed to keep up with most receivers. Technically, some things to be desired, so it's still an issue. He's a probably at best a number two corner, not a number one. Mm-hmm. But with Philly, he has to be the number one. Mm-hmm. Jalen Mills, love his toughness and competitiveness, but he at no point in his career has he had true straight line speed. Same is true true for Rasul Douglas. Avante Maddox is a nice slot corner. I saw him on the outside this season, and I never want to see that again. Mm. I I never want to see <laughs> him on the outside again. So, like, the, these are the pieces you're working with in mm-hmm. that secondary. And, yeah, at full strength, with a dominant D-line that the Eagles were supposed to have, maybe it gets you by. But you're still look, and at that point, at the start of the year, we were still expecting the Eagles to have to win a lot of shootouts. We People were banking on their offense with Deshaun Jackson to be extremely explosive, and it was. Problem is there's no Deshaun Jackson on the offense, so you can't go out there and expect to put up 30 points a game and shoot, have shootouts mm-hmm. and think, okay, well, at 30, if we're scoring 30 points a game, the Eagles' defense mm, maybe gives them a chance when healthy. Yeah. But – your offense is giving you 21, 23, 24 points a game, somewhere in that range. That's not going to work with this defense. So that I mean that then that finally brings us to the other to the other side of the ball because this is not just a team that's struggling on one side of the ball. You see all the issues that this team has on defense. And then you look on the other side and this offense has issues as well. 
no Deshaun Jackson since week one. And this offense, they've missed Alshon Jeffrey as well. Alshon Jeffrey's missed time. Goddard's missed time. They're struggling in their they the running back core was supposed to be improved, but it's been inconsistent. Miles Sanders has shown some he, he's shown some signs. They've gone back to Jordan. They've gone back to Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard has also showed some sign, but it hasn't been consistent. Offensive line hasn't been consistent. Carson Wentz not making the plays downfield that we thought he would, that we hoped he would be able to get back to this season. My question to you is, is that all on Deshaun Jackson? In your opinion, you see Carson Wentz not making the throws downfield that we ex- we hoped he'd make. We'd expected him to make. I understand there's been no no Deshaun Jackson, but why, in your opinion? Because I I, I want to hear from you. I want to hear in your opinion why it why has this offense struggled so mightily in his absence? And you look like you you. you. If you can see Mike Jones's face, right? You you look exasperated. You look, I mean, you 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 look mentally strained. Now, you're my boy, John. I am. I love you like a brother, and, and I appreciate that love too. You know that was a dumb question, though, right? I mean, all right. Let's it's look. a lob. It was a lob. So, what would you say Carson Wentz's strengths are as a quarterback? Making people miss. Mm-hmm. Staying upright in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Getting outside and extending plays with his legs. And get, and not necessarily accuracy, but he's got a strong arm. Okay. So, you got a guy with a strong arm kind of passing game does that usually lend itself to? Throwing the ball downfield. Okay. Who on that roster can get open downfield? So your answer so your answer to the question is yes. No, sir, no, sir. I mean, I'm, I'm, what I'm talking about. Who on that roster without Deshaun Jackson is able to get open downfield? Nelson Aguilar? Okay. You're correct. Nelson Aguilar is the one guy on that roster mm-hmm. Without Deshaun Jackson, who has the physical tools to get open downfield, okay, he can't catch. <sighs> Not wrong. So, what other options do we have? I'm gonna give you some time to think about it. No, I don't need time to think about. It. Oh, I, I didn't. Uh, uh, I no. thought that was a rhetorical I, question. I thought. Uh, I'm sorry. No, like, about, seriously, I mean, like, what other options does he have? I, I mean. You got a couple got a couple young kids, can't get on the field. Can they get but, open downfield? I don't know. I, I they can't get on the field. I don't know if they can get open on field. How do I how should I know if JJ Ortega Whiteside can get open downfield when he can't even get on the field? Same for Mac Hollins. Oh. I'm pretty sure getting on the field is a prerequisite to getting open down. Yeah, well, I'm saying so. If they so, can't get, so I guess you know, if you can't get on the field. You can't get, get open downfield. Down field. Yeah, all right, all right. 
Yeah. So, again, what options? What other options do we have? To try to stretch the field, open up the offense, back up the two, back up a safety because it's really easy to keep two, uh, keep mm-hmm. a safety down in the box one deep if you're not worried, worried about anybody running by you. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Aguilar is going deep. Go ahead, please go deep, Aguilar. I hope he throws it to you too. That, that's got to be how defenses are feeling right now. Because mm-hmm. he can't be trusted to. Ca- I mean. In your opinion, you saw you saw the play that he's been getting killed for all week. All right, so we're right up against the break. No, 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 no. Before we, no, 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 no. no, no, no I, we I, are, no, we are no, absolutely no, up against no, the break. No, no, ain't this, no break. This segment's I'm, I'm on, going no, way no. too long. We'll take, we'll take care of that. I want, I want your thoughts on this. No, mm-hmm. we, we, we will, we will take a break. We will appease our sponsors soon enough. I want, I want an answer to that. I want to know how you felt about that. You watched the game, Mister. I like to be analytical and watch the game. Mm-hmm. You saw that. What did you think of that? Honest opinion. Yes. I think I think Nelson Aguilar should have his vision checked. Okay. I'm I'm dead serious. That's not me being joking or funny or anything. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to Nelson Aguilar. How often he loses track of the ball in the air. Mm-hmm. I honestly think he has issues with depth perception or something. He's mm-hmm. just not tracking that ball well. I think he should get his vision checked. That's all I have to say about that. Oh, whatever, dude. I would also like to talk about uh, I mean, you. Clearly, you, you know I'm done without Nelson Aguilar, right? I, I, I want you to say that you're done with Nelson Aguilar. I want you to say what you, how you feel. I want you to be honest. How you feel. I want to know. So are you saying during that game, Nelson Aguilar does not make that catch? And your first thought was, wow, I think he needs to get his eyes checked. During that game. During the game. By the time that play happened, yes, you, you, I was already checked out. Okay, that's fine. You, game you, was, game you, was over. You had no op- so you had so no the, opinion. So the emotion for me that you're expecting me to have wasn't there. Uh-huh. Like honestly, the emotion you're thinking I would have like had that play happened in the first quarter, mm-hmm. you would have got the emotion from me that you wanted. Okay. But because of the point in the game where it happened, I was resigned to the fact that. Yeah, this team's just not that good tonight. We're, we're, team's not that good, and you just felt like Nelson Aguilar just needs to get his vision checked. All right, so it's it's something more than than just you're an NFL receiver. Mm-hmm. You're a first round pick. Mm-hmm. The physical ability is there. Speed is there. Athleticism mm-hmm. is, is there. there. You've seen him make plays. He's made plays. Absolutely. But you've now seen on more than one occasion, more than two occasions, opportunities for him to make plays. Not necessarily. All right. I have a question for you. Okay. Which is more perplexing to you? Nelson Aguilar's inability to catch or Markel Fultz's inability to play basketball? (laughs) Why? No, seriously. Which one's more perplexing? If that is the if that is the one, uh, just for a point of clarification, mm-hmm. I'm not answering a question with a question. I just want a point of clarification. Is this your attempt to pivot this conversation away from the Eagles? 
We're still talking about Nelson Aguilar. Okay, okay. No, no like I said, I just want Nelson to Aguilar understand. was part of this question. Okay, okay. Well, more perplexing to me is Markel Fultz because Markel Fultz doesn't seem to be able to get on the court consistently. Whereas, Nelson Aguilar wouldn't be on the field if there were any other options. I understand there, but nonetheless, he's still on the field. Because there are no other options. No, I understand. If there were only five guys on the football field, Nelson Aguilar would not be one of them. Okay. No, I, 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 that I understand. However, Nelson Aguilar is there. He's, he's capable of putting on a uniform and playing what level he plays at. Markel Fultz is capable of putting on a uniform and play. But he doesn't. He's, he's in a suit every night. Nice. He'll put the uniform on some nights. Might not get in the game, but is he going to play this week? It's a good question. I don't see. Here's the thing. You know, look, the level of at which he'll play is to be determined. Is is, is I mean, I've seen Markel this. Fultz get a triple double off the bench in the NBA. I, I, I was there, I, I, bro. I was there with you. I, he, I, he has physical talent. Yes, as does Nelson Aguilar. Yes, the physical ability is there. Nelson, here's the thing. Nelson Aguilar might will probably play 16 games this year, unless he has to take. They give him another mental break, like they did. Uh, was that three seasons ago? He's think about that. He, they gave him. They gave him a mental break before. Mm-hmm. It's not that much different than the Markel Fault situation. The the biggest difference is the sport. Mm-hmm. If this is basketball, Aguilar is never on the court. Okay, but because it's football. And you have anywhere from two to five receivers on the field on any given play. And the Eagles have had a relatively depleted receiving core since Aguilar has been here. There's no options but to put him on the field. Okay. Like, as bad as we're talking about with him, there aren't many better options. No, no, no. So, from that standpoint – that's why he's on the field. Mm-hmm. Well, I I will say the reason what you're saying, I understand. I'm not disputing that, but the fact still remains that Nelson Aguilar is playing most nights. Nelson Aguilar is playing, albeit poorly at times, very poorly at other times. He's still on the field playing. Markel Fultz is not, and that's what make you. I mean, you asked me a question specifically as, as to what was more perplexing, Nelson Aguilar or Markel Fultz. I say Fultz because Fultz is never on the is never on the court. And, and I hear you. I just, but with that, Fultz is never on the court only because of the sport. Okay. But but, but that but those but, are the choices that but, you gave me. But their failures at. And the thing is, as an NBA point guard, Markel Fultz is asked to do a whole lot more than what Nelson Aguilar is asked to do. I'm I'm laughing because— Nelson Aguilar is asked to catch and run. I'm laughing because I misheard you. You said said Markel Fultz is asked to do much more. He is. I thought you said Markel Fultz is asked. (laughs) That's, that's, no, I, I, I said he is asked. A S K E D. Markel Fultz is asked. That was just a, that, that was just a, a slight, giggle, you know, like mm-hmm. a, a snicker in what you said. But, but the yeah. point that you're making has not. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I a, understand. I I, as I get a, it. As a point guard, in my opinion, in my you, opinion, mm-hmm. 
NBA point guard. Yes. Second hardest position to play in sports. Buying quarterback. In, mm-hmm. Okay. In no. team sports, second okay. hardest position to play. But, I, but do you? But do you also? Play point well. Nelson Aguilar was his the, job is to run and catch. No, but Nelson, Nelson Aguilar and he was, can't catch. Nelson Aguilar was drafted in the middle of the first round. Mm-hmm. Markel Fultz was number one overall. Okay, and now he can't get on the field. First round picks in football. Mm-hmm. A first round pick in football is essentially a top three pick in the NBA. Okay. Second round picks in the NBA don't matter. Agreed. They don't matter. Agreed. So if I get a first round pick in the NFL, mm-hmm. that's essentially a top three pick as far as value mm-hmm. in the in, in the NBA. So any top three pick in the NBA, if you forget how to play, something's wrong. If you're a first round wide receiver. And you can't catch, something is very, very, very wrong. And you think it starts with his eyes? I think it starts somewhere above the neck. Okay. Okay. But I would, I would absolutely have his eyes checked. Because I don't. He really seems to lose track of the ball far more often than an NFL receiver should. should yeah. And I don't know if that's the lights. He needs a visor or some sort of sensitivity to lights. Mm-hmm. His depth perception is off. He just need, at, needs a LASIK or something. I, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. But something's not right. So for me, given the amount of responsibility put on the player, okay. it makes much more sense. In my mind, Markel Fultz's struggles than Nelson Aguilar's. You put the ball in an NBA point guard's hands, he's basically out there on an island. All eyes on him. Every play is on him. Every, every touch is very obvious. You could ruin the whole thing by yourself. So when he forgets how to play, a coach like him, come sit down. Football... You see a guy like Nelson Aguilar with all these physical tools, and it's like, and you've seen him make plays. So you're going to keep running him out there. Yeah, he'll get open. He can catch that. He's probably catching them in practice, if I had to guess. But somehow, some way, when it comes to the game, it's it doesn't translate. And at this point, this is Nelson Aguilar's fifth year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's his fifth year. Fifth. Five years in, it, uh, we know what you are at this point. Mm-hmm. What you are is not a starting NFL receiver. Honestly, I'm not sure how much longer you'll be an NFL receiver at all. Did you see the Aaron, the Green Bay Packers game this week? Yes. Who's Aaron Rodgers throwing to? Because Devontae Adams is out. Mm-hmm. He's throwing to guys you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I take away Amendola, Edelman, Randy Moss, who's Tom Brady thrown to in the last seven, eight years, ten years? Gronk. Okay. 
but I, 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 I mean, but nonetheless, I see, I see your point Th- that, so let me ask, so <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm not, ask, well, I'm not asking Aguilar to be a superstar. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is if you're NFL receiver, mm-hmm. you have to be able to catch, you have to be able to catch. But my question is you, you take that, you take that all away you, the, to the point that you're making. You know, you take Aaron Rodgers' top receivers away. You take Tom Brady's top receivers away. So are you now saying that some of this heat belongs on Carson Wentz as well? No. What I'm saying is because if it were a situation where it's missed throws opposed to drops, yeah, you blame Carson Wentz. Mm Mm-hmm. But when you watch the tape and you see balls in catchable positions and receivers just not making the plays, okay. you don't put that on the quarterback. You put that on the receiver. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, for all love or hate him, love him or hate him, he will not accept a subpar performance from his receivers. Let you not be in the spot where you're supposed to be. Oh yeah, Tom's gonna let you. Let out. you not catch a ball you're supposed to catch. Tom's gonna give you some smoke. Tom's gonna you. You've seen it enough times in games. You've but, seen that that sideline camera, and he's giving somebody. But it's some it's not just it's not just the that he's gonna get in your face about it. Everyone in New England knows. Don't do your job and see if you have a job next week. Mm. They will release you. They will trade you. They will bench you. They will bring in someone else to do the job. One thing they all know, you have to do your job. You never asked anybody to be a superstar. Never asked anybody to go out there and get 120 catches, 1,500 receiving yards, and 30 touchdowns through the air. Mm -hmm. You know, Randy was a superstar. But Randy was a superstar before he got there. And then you put the two of them together, and you had two superstars playing together in, in a very prolific offense that season. But Tom Brady simply asked his receivers to do their job. Bill Belichick simply asked his players to do their job. And by doing their job, they are able to succeed. Nelson Aguilar is not doing his job. We're not talking about the extra stuff like if you catch the ball, shake off three defenders, break a couple tackles, make somebody else miss, and take it 75 yards after the catch. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to make the catch. What's the job description? See, this is this is why I didn't want to answer this question because we're not going to talk about anything we were supposed to talk about now. I tried. What's the job description for NFL wide receiver? Catch the ball. What are the job requirements? Catching the ball. Putting two hands on the ball, tucking the ball in, and getting downfield with the ball. Okay. So what do you think would disqualify you from being an NFL wide receiver? An inability to catch the ball. So where does that leave Nelson Aguilar? Probably going to leave him without a job. So, again, I'll ask the question. Okay. More perplexing, Nelson Aguilar or Markel Fultz? Markel Fultz did not forget how to do his whole job. He Mm -hmm. just couldn't shoot a jump shot. Mm -hmm. The rest of the game he could do. Dribble, pass, shoot, get to the rim. Well, Mm -hmm. dribble, pass, get to the rim. Mm -hmm. He just couldn't shoot. He wouldn't shoot. 
Nelson Aguilar cannot do his job. So that then brings you so that then brings the question. What do you do now? What does this team do now? What can this team do now? And can is there something that this team can do now to salvage their season? Sell the future, mortgage the future. If you really believe you have a chance this year and you want to go all in, you mortgage your future, mortgage your draft picks. AJ Green? No, is he healthy? Is he fast? AJ AJ Green in his prime was never a speed receiver. I'm just throwing out scenarios. That be, I'm throwing out scenarios. And he hasn't because, played a game all year. I'm just throwing out scenarios because you know this city. Mm-hmm. You know this fan base, and this is a fan base that loves the name. You see it. You and hear, you know I don't care about the name. No, no, I, no, I want I something that works. No, I understand that. But what I'm saying is the question that I the original question that I asked you was what is there something that could be done now? Mortgage the future. Okay. Mortgage the future. Now you had now you're looking But go but when I say mortgage the future, go back and consider what we were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. They need speed. Okay. If it's not speed, it's not helping. Okay. Throw a name out. Like when you throw a, when you say AJ Green, mm-hmm. That's just a slightly better Alshon. Okay. That's not going to help you with what you need. Understood. So don't, give me something better. I don't know who's available. Okay. That's a problem. Okay, ideally. You, you, you missed you, on an Emmanuel Sanders. He would have fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure who else Muhammad is. Mohamed Sanu? Not a speed guy. Okay. Decent, but not a speed guy. Not a speed guy. guy, okay. But at this point in the year, I'm not sure who's available Mm-hmm. That would actually fit the need. Okay. Emmanuel Sanders is actually the one name I was thinking a week ago mm-hmm. who could come available given Denver's struggles and would fit the need. Can play outside, has mm-hmm. speed, all those things. But the Eagles were beat to the punch on that one. Yep. So he's in San Francisco and the Eagles still need speed. Also, as much as you need speed at receiver, deal with the defense first because mm. that's the bigger issue. You've got everybody running by you right now. And I don't care how good one receiver you bring in is. You have four, four, three, four DBs out there getting run past every game. One receiver or fix your defense. I'm fixing the defense. Mm-hmm. Let's turn our sights towards this Sunday because – I feel like that's all you can do. When you when you lose two games in a row, the way the Eagles have lost, you open yourself up for a whole bunch of just you open yourself up for just a bunch of different distractions that become the narrative, that become the talking points for this team. We know why this we know why this team has been losing. Why this team has been struggling. It, the proof is in the pudding. You see it every week. You you see it week in and week out. Even in the games that they have won, it's still been evident the holes in this team. Struggling to get pressure on the uh, quarterback. DBs that can't stick. DBs that can't cover. DBs that can't keep receivers in front of them. DBs that can't even keep up with, with them. But some... It, too often, especially with teams that come into the season with expectations, 
You don't want to look at that as your reasoning as to why they're losing. What are you, it's like, what else are we hearing about? What do we hear about? We hear about anonymous sources. Can Carson Wentz lead this team? Do the Eagles respect Carson Wentz? Those are the questions that you come up with. Are, t- are, are our guys distracted? Things like things like that. It's like, and, and who is the anonymous source? Is it Alshon Jeffrey? He's denied it. I think somebody accused, made that accusation, presented that accusation to just Josina Anderson. Josina Anderson was like, nah, it's not him. But nonetheless, this is what we're talking about. And for me, it's frustrating because to me, those stuff like this are the things that surround a bad team. Those are the storylines that you find yourself in when you are dealing with a bad team. And that's not to say that I'm disputing whether or not the Eagles are a bad team, because right now the the way they are currently built with the injuries that they have with the personnel that they have available to them, this is a bad team. Am I wrong? It's a flawed team. Flawed team. That's what you. Yeah. With the injuries, it, it's a it's a severely flawed team. Mm-hmm. They were flawed pre-injury, mm-hmm. and they are still flawed. You can't go as far as to call them bad because they. They're capable of winning games. Mm-hmm. They're not a team that is just completely inept. They're they're not Miami. They're not Washington. They're better than that. But as is, they're somewhere around a five hundred team. They're they're mediocre right now. Mm-hmm. They in in the truest sense of the word, right now as is, they're a mediocre team, mm-hmm. which. Unfortunately, based on the expectations that were placed on this team going into the season, mm-hmm. mediocre might as well be bad. Because going into the season, fans and analysts alike were looking at the Eagles and saying, oh, this could be a Super Bowl contender. But right now, they're not looking like a playoff team. They're looking like a top 10 draft pick team right now based on the way their defense is performing. On Sunday, they got the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo's five and one. Five and one, but they, and on the surface, you see a five and one team on the road. That seems a little bit daunting. Bills have beaten the Dolphins, Titans, Bengals, Giants, and Jets. Their one loss is to the Patriots. Given that, given that, knowing that, there's still an expectation that the Eagles can get this, can get this done. 
Buffalo's a pro pro football team. They're they're winning games. They're beating the teams that they should be. However, there's no reason not to expect, not to at least think that the Eagles could get some get right this weekend. Am I wrong? I mean, you look at, you're looking at the Buffalo Bills this weekend. I think it's not unreasonable to think that the Eagles could put some things together and get a win this weekend. Getting a win this weekend? Mm-hmm. Very possible. The Bills are not an offense that puts up a lot of points. Mm-hmm. And based on that alone, in a lower-scoring game, anything's possible. Anybody. So they seem to be an offense in Buffalo that the Eagles' defense should be able to contain, keep under 21 points. Mm-hmm. And if they keep the team under 21 points, the Bills do have a good defense. But the Eagles should be capable of scoring into that 17 to 21 range, which means it's anyone's game. I see at Buffalo next week, home against Chicago, then the bye week, and then you got Patriots and Seattle. Mm-hmm. That's going to be pretty. That that's a pretty daunting task coming out of the bye week. That makes these next two games very important because as as much as people want to throw all the doom and gloom that they want towards the Eagles because it was a bad loss. We are talking about two very poor losses. Two poor losses. And when you look at the Eagles season, honestly, you you look, they're three and four. You look at those four losses. You got two games where the oppor- the chance to win was there and they didn't get it ju- done. And then two flat out losses where it didn't, it didn't look like they were in the game at all. But nonetheless, you're sitting here two weeks out of the bye. You're a game out of first place. You're looking at Dallas' schedule. Excuse me. I got it right here in front of me. Got it right here in front of me. Excuse all the noise and at at the desk. Yeah, we talked about Dallas's schedule a couple weeks ago. That stretch yeah. they have. Well, Dallas is yeah, Dallas is going into the bye week. They're they're they are in their bye week now. But they come back on the road against the Giants. Then they got uh then they got Minnesota, Detroit, and they also have to play uh New England. So you got a chance to you have a chance to creep back up a half game in the schedule this weekend because Dallas is not playing. Then you got a Chicago team that's struggling. Struggling offensively. Struggling offensively. Okay. Struggling offensively. But nonetheless, you two winnable games over the next two weeks. Not saying they, they're going to win, but they're winnable games. There's reason to expect or to think that this team can come out and win. Will they? That's another story. You don't agree? Are you saying you don't agree? The Bills game, I think, is winnable. The Bears game? At home? I understand Unless I understand that they lost at uh, home to the, to the, nah, to the see, Lions. Unless you're going to tell me that Deshaun Jackson is going to be 100% for that game. That Bears defense is one of the most disruptive forces 
I've ever seen. Now, now the Patriots' defense is one of the best all-around defense, probably the best all-around defense in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Back in, up front. But the Bears' defense, specifically up front, their front seven mm-hmm. is – probably the most disruptive in the league Mm -hmm. with running backs who don't always find holes receivers who don't get open don't make don't make big plays a rookie on the offensive line on the left tackle spot because your pro your hall of fame right tackle can't hasn't been able to stay healthy for the last three years that's not a situation that in my opinion looks good for the eagles that Bears game is going to be tough. I hear you. Well, look, let's keep it. Let's keep it this week for for right now. What is your prediction for Sunday, one o'clock, at Buffalo? Coin toss. I, I honestly believe this game is a toss up. It. Mm-hmm. The Eagles' deficiencies make it. The Eagles should be a better team than the Bills. But with your offense having been stagnant lately, this is actually the type of team you would think your defense could hold up against Mm -hmm. because it's not an extremely explosive offense. But you're also going to need your defense to do the job. And with the Eagles' defense looking how it has pretty much all season, it's they're just not a reliable group. So until something happens that makes that defense play more consistently, mm-hmm. it's hard to count on this Eagles team to beat anybody. I mean, honestly, I don't – there are maybe – and this is a stretch, maybe two quarterbacks in all of the NFL, including backups, that won't pick you apart if you give them time. Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, Matt Barkley doesn't have the arm strength to, to do it. He's not going to pick you apart. He'll, but he'll make some throws yeah. if you give him time. Yeah. But he's just not going to sit back there and shred mm-hmm. you. But, but I, I guess here, you – You saw what they were able to do against the Jets. Not calling Buffalo the Jets. Mm-hmm. But you know that they – it can be done. They can okay. get some pressure. The Jets team mm-hmm. that the Eagles saw yeah. was going against a third-string quarterback. Mm-hmm. A third-string quarterback – changes everything because he's not seeing what everything he needs to see mm. not audible in the way he needs to mm. and, and such so what happened to the Jets you know what would not have happened had we played them a week later when Darnold was back mm-hmm. that's a completely different game and that's why you think they were able to beat uh, the Jets were able to go in and beat Dallas mm-hmm. Okay, that offense looked completely different the second Darnold got on and that's not that Darnold was great mm-hmm. but he was competent and Falk, who was playing against the Eagles, mm-hmm. 
was not a competent quarterback. He was third string. Not even the backup. And so if you're a third string quarterback playing behind a kid who's far from being fully developed or a pro bowler, how good do you think he is? You know? Yeah. So yeah, we can't forget, like, yeah, the Eagles beat the the Jets, but they beat the Jets with Kevin Falk at quarterback. So it's yeah, we, we got to take that one with a grain of salt. <laughs> All right, I hear you. Well, look, let us know what you think of this podcast. Hit us up at BITW Sports. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BITW Sports. All right, you don't want to make a prediction. I am going to make a prediction. I am going to go 24 to 10. Eagles. 24 10. That score sounds high. You think so? I think. I. Uh, look. I, 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 mean, I know it. I know it does. I know that Buffalo defense has 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 been all right this season. Buffalo has a good defense. They have a good defense. Eagles offense has struggled, and I'm I'm simply concerned. Where do you think they find twenty four points from? We'll see. We'll see. That's what I said. Twenty four ten. So we'll come back. Hey, I'm gonna come up. Either look. Either way, I'm gonna come back next week and be like, man, I don't know. I put a lot of faith in this team, and they, and they let me down. Or I'm going to come back here, and I'm going to give you all the smoke because you doubted that they was going uh, cause, cause you doubted me. It's going to go either way. I say, it's not me doubting you. It's me doubting them. Okay, whatever. And this is a team that deserves doubt. Not oh. denying that. So Not denying that at all. I, and I, I do think the Eagles are capable of winning this game, mm-hmm. but – I don't see either team scoring more than 17 points. Mm. And in a game that low scoring, it can go either way. Which is why I call it you – because know, at that point, when this game is that low scoring, you're almost always in a one-score game. Mm. So a field goal here or a one-blown play either way can change everything. Mm-hmm. So in a game like that, that's why I say it's a toss-up. I don't Because okay. I don't see either team scoring more than 17 we will see. And that's why they play the games. All right, this has been the Green Over Everything Podcast. My name is Brown. His name is Jonesy. Once again, hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at B-I-T-W Sports. We'll talk to you guys next week. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. 